For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, baseball fans of all ages, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. This is Joe Davis. This is Josiah Gray. I'm Jock Peterson. Hey, this is Ross Stripling. This is Tony Gonsolin. This is Buster Olney. This is Adrian Gonzalez. Hi, this is John Hartung, and you're listening to Blue Heaven. 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 And you are listening to the Blue Heaven Podcast. you live from dnhq and uh, whatever i'm calling my house i don't know what i'm calling my house but uh, this is the blue heaven podcast where's my button where's my button there's the button i mean it doesn't work it doesn't matter to you and i because we can't hear but what is going on dodgers nation my name is clint you can find me as real frg on twitter and instagram what's up guys my name is brooke you can find me at brooke me three on twitter and instagram on today's show uh, we got to honor Tommy, Tommy Lasorda, Dodgers legendary Hall of Fame manager, passed away this past week. And uh, on one hand, I will say it's it's obviously very sad, but I don't know, Clint. It's been really good to see the outpouring of support for Tommy. Yeah, I think that was uh, one of my favorite parts about this. It's like if you can have any sort of silver lining between uh, from losing a legend, it, it's going to be in seeing all the people, all the love hearing the stories and we're gonna get more into that we do want to hear your guys stories too so we'll get more into that uh in a little bit uh we're also going to have some excerpts from our, our chat earlier today with uh, dodgers team historian mr mark langel that was a good time and uh if you guys are uh, dodgers nerds like we are i think you'll really enjoy it so that'll be up on our youtube on uh i think tuesday morning we'll have that up on youtube or sometime on tuesday and uh There'll also likely be a podcast later on in the week. We are still uh, a few weeks away from the baseball season, so we got to figure out what's going on in the hot stove. We will have a hot, do- hot stove de- uh, update because we got to do that. I think that's only fair. And if there's time, if it makes sense, we're- <laughs> there was something on, on uh, uh, MLB posted about what would be your walk-up song for 2021, but it has to be from the year you were born so we'll play a little bit with that uh before we do get into the show we have to ask you if you could if you can rate our podcast leave a review we're on itunes spotify any spot you can hear a podcast for free you can you go there you can subscribe that'd mean a lot to us but if you could read it or review it whatever uh we'd also very much appreciate that and the more important thing is do please subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv we'd be very very thrilled thank you Back to you in the studio. Please do that because uh, <laughs> thank you. I am in the studio, so that actually makes sense. Uh, please do that. It helps us out a lot. Helps us out a ton. Don't forget, this is a live show. Um, if you're on Facebook, you're not with us today because Facebook is being a butt, yeah. but that's okay. Make sure you drop into the comments. Let us know where you're repping Dodger Nation from. We want to talk to you guys. We also want to hear some of your favorite Tommy memories because that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, and that's what we're getting a lot of in the chat early on. A lot of rest in peace, Tommy Lasortis. Uh, literally almost all of the comments yeah uh go ahead and lead us off man i uh, i know you you prepped a little bit and, and there's no reason to get into the comments when we could start the particular section when all the comments are about it so if people uh set it up set it up that's what i'm going for i'm, I'm so very confused on what you just said but that's okay yes. if you're not if you're not in the news cycle this week if you're some reason just tuning into us because we are your only source of news number one that's not a good move. I would not do that. We are a bad source of news. But number two, Thomas Charles Lasorda, Hall of Fame, Dodgers manager, um, a staple in the Los Angeles community for the last you know 70 plus years or so of his life, passed away at the ripe age of 93. Tommy went into the ICU a little you know a little while after attending the World Series. Got to watch his Dodgers win one last World Series. Um, went into ICU, moved out of the ICU, was reportedly recovering pretty well from it. Doctors were hoping to release him by the holidays. He did get released a little, 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 little bit later. But uh, unfortunately, last Thursday, he did mm-hmm. pass away. Uh, so we found out. We all found out. Woke up Friday morning. 
not the news you want to wake up to on a Friday morning. Friday is usually reserved for good days, but yeah. uh, we woke up to the news of Tommy passing, which that sucks. It was a sucky thing to yeah, wake up to. Yeah, and of course, right away we see the immediate outpouring of love. The same way we're seeing it in the comments right now because we're getting a lot of people um dodgers for life we got well we got adrian saying let's go dodgers dodgers for life we're talking about the uh just general dodgers and, and there's there's nothing more dodger blue than tommy lasorda uh norma bringing up glad he was here to see that at least one more uh championship 2020 world series champion championship that's uh that's that was one of his two things he wanted he wanted to see one more championship and make it to 100 didn't quite get to 100 but 93 is pretty damn impressive uh luis over on youtube where I'm, I'm guessing we're gonna be getting a lot of youtube comments today because facebook is is being um that way uh tommy is up there in blue heaven a big reason why we named this show blue heaven obviously because of tom lasorda and uh yeah if you have a drink throw your drink to the sky or something like that i don't know man but um i i would say at this point I, like like you feel almost like warm more warm than the sad from it uh one of the things we we're talking about with mark this afternoon it's like the stories just make you feel better yeah absolutely i think that was uh i think on friday when i first found out i was obviously pretty sad about it um had to jump right into work so it was kind of uh you know shrouded by that a little bit but once i got to sit down and just watch mlb network and stuff and just watch all the like number one how quickly they put stuff together is beyond me i don't know how anybody yeah. does that but um the things that they had ready to go to ready to fire off in honor of tommy and just walk him in his heyday uh and when i say tommy's heyday you guys know what I mean in Tommy's heyday when he was a fiery <laughs> guy. Um, getting to watch that, it, it was just funny to just sit there and just kind of laugh and just be like, man, Tommy Tommy was really something. I'm really sad I didn't get to see Tommy in his prime. I didn't get to see Tommy when he was obviously a manager, but um, getting to look back and hear from all these past players, past coaches, past uh, executives, things like that, you really get to get some good insight into Tommy and who he was as a person and definitely who he was on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh Norma shouting out one of her favorite Tommy, Tommy stories here says love Tommy when he's saying uh, take me out to the ball game you know the man with that beautiful voice I mean you you would think you would know he'd have a great voice being such close friends with Frank Sinatra um, so that that's just uh, that's just how it goes uh, I hmm. saw I saw our girl Katie saying Tommy is blue heavens angel he'll be watching over Dodger Stadium forever and um, you know again you, you have so many different positive ways you can look at this um, the ways that it did bring a lot of the community together, seeing some of the, the, the shots of people bringing flowers and stuff, uh, to Dodger stadium, even to, to Tommy's house in Fullerton. Although the family did ask that in lieu of flowers, they would actually prefer that you donate something to a charity, uh, that's, that's close. That was close to the family and close to Tommy. Uh, it was, what is it? Canines for, I, I, I'll look it up. I, I forget and I apologize, but uh, there's a charity they would prefer instead of flowers. So if anybody wants to donate to canine, is it canines for something or other and people, you know, you know, I'm, uh, this is canines and people. <laughs> canines and people. Oh, and I, I sent it to uh, some people earlier today. So let me uh, find that. But uh, his daughter is the one who, who posted it. The canine companions for independence. There it is. Donate. There you there. go. Uh, anything instead of flowers, they would appreciate that. The family would uh, appreciate that for sure. But um, you know, some of the things I guess we could look forward to is the ways they're going to honor him in in twenty twenty one. Of course, we already saw, and I'll I'll, I'll throw it up on the uh, on the screen here. I have a, you know a little bit of the video, but we saw the the two painted in center field at Dodger Stadium, and you know the Dodgers uh, provided a flyover, and and I mixed it up with. Uh, some some fine Frank Sinatra, a nice remix from from a kid whose name escapes me that I found on YouTube, but uh, my way by by Frank Sinatra again uh, remixed that and it, it was just it was cool to see L.A. light up in blue. Uh, like I had also mentioned online, I'm kind of getting tired of these icons and you know losing icons and seeing the city uh, change colors in a way. It's it's just no you know something bad is going on, but um, yeah, I mean, still, it's so cool to see that, and and you hope. I've seen a lot of people asking, let's keep that number two in center field all season. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with that. Uh, I think that's a good way to honor him. I, I've obviously seen people do that in the past, but I, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you think about the city of L.A. 
And there's just so many icons that come through Los Angeles that come to represent an entire city. And obviously we just lost Kobe Bryant not even a year ago and we already have lost another one. But um, Tommy's one of those underrated names that you don't really think about until he's gone. And you're like, wow, I mean, he has been here since day one, literally since day one, he's been here with the Dodgers. So to think about that, to think about all he's meant for the team, um, it is a huge loss and it, yeah. it is monumental in terms of what it represents. And, uh, you know, in talking with people, you get to understand that even the most casual sports fan, even the people who don't really watch sports at all, they, if, if they grew up in LA, they're like, Oh yeah, Tommy Lasorda Dodgers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Know that guy. Um, He's just one of the few names that you associate directly with a team without questioning it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm down with putting the two in center field the whole year. I'd, I'd, I'd be cool with that. I think they'll probably end up doing something, uh, you know, with the uniforms. I yeah. think that's usually a general thing that they do or teams do. Yeah, I saw, I saw somebody saying, um, oh, yeah, Norma said patch and field for number two. Definitely going to see the patch. One of the things I saw, I, I, I mentioned it right away as well, but I'm pretty sure somebody beat me to it. The idea that that the Dodgers honestly should retire Tommy's seat at Dodger Stadium because I don't know about everybody here. That was one of the the highlights I would do. And even going back to, you know, Vinny still in the booth, I get to the ballpark. I look to the booth, see Vinny and you know now Joe and Oral uh, see who's in there, make sure they're there in the booth. Um, also, I guess we got to shout out Rick Rajewski and, and I would look down to the owner's box to see if. Well, one, Magic is there because you want to make fun of Magic because he said he was going to be at every game, but, you know, he's not at every game. Um, but, yeah, you want right. to see if Tommy's there and also if Tommy's asleep by then. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's going to be – I think that's, that's another thing where it will hit me a little bit more, going to the ballpark whenever we're allowed back in the ballpark and 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 not seeing Tom in his seat, man. That's going to be uh, – it's going to be wild. It's sad. Yeah. One of those things where, you you know, you look behind home plate or you look in the area around home plate and there's just certain seats that, you know, somebody's going to be in, you know, Mary Hart's going to be there. You know, Larry King's going to be there, even though you're not really going to see him because he's kind of crumpled up a little bit nowadays. But <laughs> Tommy's no 10 times out of 10. Tommy's behind home plate. He's generally sleeping. That's that's to be fair. He's yeah. generally sleeping, but he's there, man. And I get it. He, you know. He was 91, probably the last time he actually got to be at a game at Dodger Stadium. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like this at 2027, 20, and I'm tired, and I would like to sleep at ball games sometimes. So I get it, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I want to sleep right now. If I'm being real, I like. A, oh, I, yeah. I've seen a few of the comments. Uh, I like this idea. Uh, this one particular coming from S Don on YouTube. Tommy statue. Do you think they? One missed the mark by not already having an official Lasorda statue, and and two, do you think uh, they should go that route and and throw a statue out there in that that new center field plaza? Yeah, you know, I think there's there's an argument to be made for that. Certainly, um, you start looking ahead and you start thinking about all the possible statues that there might be in the future, and you're like, okay, they they might need a lot of statues. <laughs> Um, you know, I think about Vin, I think Vin one day will have a statue out there. That's, uh, should be larger than life really. Yeah. Um, that's it, a possibility. Certainly. I think that, that could be something there's a lot of space for it now. So that's, there's, maybe yeah. that's part of the reason why they moved it out there. So like we could put a lot of statues out here. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna have to get, uh, Stan Caston on the line, make that happen. Talk to Janet Marie Smith, new, newly, uh, promoted Janet Marie Smith and be like, look, these are our demands. It's Dodger fans <laughs> that we need to see Tommy over there in the new pavilion area and, and behind it. And, and I know there's a, there's a lot of um, Dodgers history they put out there. I mean, it's not quite like uh, like Monument Park in New York or anything like that, but it, right. it's the first step in the right direction for, for a storied organization to, to have uh, their most iconic character for being honest, you know, represented somewhere around the stadium more than just that you know his his number two more than just the retired number two more than just that that weird those weird bobbleheads that they started introducing uh a couple right. of years ago let's get to a few more uh, of the comments here let me know what you got i'm seeing our, our, our boy anthony keen talking about his favorite tommy moment being the kurt bavacqua rant <laughs> we're trying to keep a pc today classic yeah that's a classic <laughs> one we'll have to save that one for another time but <laughs> classic one there's a few good 
few good memories of Tommy on the field, a few good ones off the field, obviously. But uh, I'm personally a big fan of his umpire interactions throughout mm. the course of his career. Those are always a classic. Very much a classic. Anytime he was my – I mean, imagine – somebody like Tommy in today's game with the tech we have and having somebody <laughs> like John boy to call it or something like that. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think this game was, is ready for, for, uh, for Tommy the, these days as we see uh, our friend, Eric, Mr. Senior vice president of Eric co. And also uh, Dodgers video manager, man, Mr. Eric V in the chat. And uh, he's done some, some great work. He was one of the guys who, who shot straight over to Dodger stadium and, and provided a lot of the, the awesome videography of, of the stuff going on with Tommy and the number and the, the field. So thank you to Eric as always for providing Dodgers fans, some, some great content is, uh, yeah, man. Tommy ain't here no more. <laughs> Eric also points out my favorite memory of Tommy is when he yelled at me when he first met me. And I think that's pretty much everybody's first interaction with Tommy <laughs> in one way or another. We'll have to hear that story sometime, Eric. Tommy and yelling just go hand in hand. Uh, I, I think that's the way it goes. And uh, I mean, we we have a few great stories of Tommy yelling. Uh I, w- I would sidebar here to say also, you know, we we've given thoughts, people, a lot of people have given thoughts to the family, to, to Joe and, and Laura and, and, and all of the extended Lasorda family. But, you know, one guy that, that doesn't get uh, a lot of the love is uh, we, we affectionately called him Tommy's handler, but it was, it was Tommy's assistant, uh, uh, Felipe. Yeah. He's um, I, I, I can't imagine what he's going through because it's, you know, you're with this person almost every step of the way every day. So, so, you know, thoughts going out, too. yeah, thoughts going out to, to flip and, and whatever, uh, you know, whatever he's going through, hopefully one of these days we can, we could buy him a beer and hear some of the real good stories or something like that. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Eric also says, after I made him laugh, I was money with him forever. And he remembered my name. That's all you got to do. Do man, if you look back at people who have had interactions interactions with Tommy, you make him laugh and he remembers you. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I made Tommy laugh. I think I made him confused. I don't know about that. Yeah, I I, I got I got a few laughs, and that's when Tommy changed. Uh, when I did an interview with him a few years ago, um, at first you can tell he was just kind of he didn't want to be there. He was going through the uh, through the motions, does uh, helping. Helping his nephew, they have of course here Lasorda Wines, Lasorda Family Wines. Uh, send your yep. love to Lasorda Family Wines. But um, his nephew David runs runs a lot of that that business, and you know Tommy's doing what he can to help out and all that. And uh, there was a point where Tommy kind of snapped. He woke up, woke up, and uh, yeah, he uh, he gave me he gave me some weight loss advice. And like I said earlier, with with. Um, <laughs> Like I said earlier with Mark Langell, I don't think it worked. In fact, it quite did the opposite, but that's probably because I didn't take the advice all that well. Anyway. That's probably what it was. <laughs> Tommy's going to be very disappointed in you when he finds out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jose, huge, huge. Jose Gonzalez on, on YouTube. Uh, Tommy never said no to the kids either. He was always had time for kids. He was at the children's hospital. Like Tommy... For as Eric says, I've never seen a 90 year old travel so much like he did just to make public appearance. That guy gave so damn much of himself to everybody. Man, he uh, you talk about it's just like seemed like every event that was happening. You, you think about just spring training in general. When you go out to spring training, you, you know there's some. You maybe get a few innings of the big names, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, you know later in the games maybe guys that you might not ever see in the big leagues, and that's okay. That's what that's what spring training's for. Mm-hmm. But th- it felt like Tommy was always there. He was always around. He was always sticking around. I mean, th- there's days where I was tired and I was like, man, I want to go home. I don't want to watch this uh, 18 year old kid that I've never never heard of get wrecked in the ninth inning of a spring training game. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy's still out there, or Tommy's driving around the clubhouse with his, in the, his little golf cart, and we're like. <laughs> man, look at that guy. I guess still going and I'm exhausted, but he really did seem like he was always going, always moving. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is he turned into just like an entirely different person with kids, man. He, that guy loved kids and he loved like just supporting them in any way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked to Langell today and he talks about Mark Langell having or uh, Tommy Lasorda having a conversation with his nephew. And I'm just like, man, that guy was so good with kids. He did fit that like godfather, yeah. grandfather, personality to a T and it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, 
Well, we will say Tommy was far from the perfect person, but um, the things he did behind the scenes, you know, I, I think he was aware that not everything he did was great and he he atoned for his own personal shortcomings and and, and all that in his own way. And, and I think um, at the end of life, he can he can definitely be happy and, and, and feel good about the things that he was able to to do for people and to accomplish, obviously, professionally and all that. Um, but we, we already kind of talked a little bit about it, looking at part of our interview today with Mark Langell. And we're going to give snippets because it's a long interview and we wanted to talk ourselves as well. So, again, it will be uh, available around all of our media stuff. But um, really asking, again, he, Tommy's 93, does it come as a, as a shock to somebody? And this is what Mark had to say uh, earlier today. It's, it still did come as a shock because Tommy, larger than life, there's no way you can get the phone call in the morning. Um, he, two years ago, uh, it was close as far as we thought that might be it for Tommy. Uh, and he actually made a comeback, which was wonderful. And you always heard, come back, come back, come back. And that was with Tommy. Tommy's in the hospital or Tommy's facing a challenge. Tommy could face any challenge. And so it was great news. Uh, after the World Series when he's hospitalized, but he's making progress and he's out of intensive care and he's following, he's FaceTiming and people are sending him uh, photos and he's, he's communicating. And I guess just finally after, after 93 years, uh, he got the most out of his life. I'll tell you that. It's an initial shock and you're like, wow, mm -hmm. that really happened. And then I think within an hour, you're smiling because not only you're, you're thinking just how lucky you are to know such a man. And then you look back and you're thinking, wow, the first time I ever would have met Tommy Lasorda would have been in the left field pavilion, getting his autograph uh, on a Sunday. And, and of course that's a, that's a much, much younger Mark Langell meeting somebody like Tommy, but when he was still the third base coach for Hall of Famer, Walt Alston and I'll, I'll be honest. I don't even remember the first time I met Tommy that your first memories of Tommy, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just, it, Hey, that's, that's the guy. That's the yelling guy from TV. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think the first time I met Tommy, I was, uh, I think I was like 12 years old or something like that. And it was at a, he came to like a little league tournament that I was playing in. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing him and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> just being a kid. Like, I know him and uh, he, he was a larger than life personality. And, you know, I think it's funny how Mark talks about him. And obviously Mark had a really extensive, close relationship with Tommy and got to know him very well. But it's one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to Mark so much. Mm -hmm. Number one, because he just knows everybody. But also number two, he has such a deep knowledge of the Dodgers as a whole that he can just kind of connect everything and sew yeah. them all together and weave it into one like elaborate story where you're like, whoa i'm just gonna let you talk dude i think uh that's underselling it to say that mark langell has a deep knowledge of the dodgers that uh, yeah. very much <laughs> underselling it and i remember now and i'm seeing we're seeing some people give their first run-ins with tom lasorda so guys do share your your tommy first in the comments and, and we want to read some of those but i remember it was it was probably it was the off season of 2005 no 2004 we had just won they, you know, they had finally gone to the postseason for the first time in whatever uh, nine years, and um, I was I was younger, but I can still drive. So I was driving around. They were doing the community caravans, and uh, Tommy was. I mean, I met I met Dodger legends Milton Bradley and Jeff Weaver there, and and <laughs> among many others. But uh, shout out Chuck Tiffany, who never made it to the bigs. But um, yeah, Tommy was there uh obviously a much more spunky tommy in in that era and uh i got an autograph from him i had him sign uh they had a, a tommy the sort of like coin giveaway at dodger stadium so i had him sign it over there but even then you know he was just the right amount of uh of that lovable tommy asshole and lovable person because it, tommy, he's in a rush he's like i i gotta do this i gotta do that <laughs> like leave me alone kid sort of thing but sh sure i'll do it for you and uh yeah, that that was uh that was my first encounter, like uh, face to face encounter with Tommy. Of uh, didn't get my didn't get a photo. We didn't have phones back then. With uh, when I all. when he when I met him at that tournament, he uh, mind you, we we're all twelve years old playing on a Southern California team. He told us if we didn't beat the Northern California team, that we had to delete the pictures that he took with us. <laughs> 
we're 12 years old and he told us that and uh to this day still one of the funniest things i've ever heard said to a 12 year old <laughs> well did you guys win uh no we didn't uh and uh i i, I didn't delete the pictures but somebody has them somewhere allegedly <laughs> eric eric popping back in saying i remember during spring training we ordered in and out and i had to run back uh to the green screen room i guess he was he was doing some work as his first uh first time as only intern eric and uh i imagine that went well if you're not there i imagine it went very well uh Josue over on youtube says i met tommy when working at the dugout souvenir store at dodger stadium and he would always pass by and wave at whoever was working at the store it's just another thing like it, even just dodgers employees not even yeah. like you know the important ones like the big names the executives you know people working the stands people working uh you know you, talk, you hear beer vendors that have stories about uh, Tommy Lasorda, and I'm sure there were probably a lot of stories about Tommy Lasorda, but he was just the guy. Like, that was his – going to Dodger Stadium was like him coming home to see his family or extended family or coming to a you know a family party or something like that. It's, that was his place. That was his home. Yeah, literally. That, that was his address. Every ballpark was his home. We know this. He, he said it many a time, but Dodger Stadium many is his time. address. Um I saw, where is it, where is it? Oh, I like Roach. Roach has posted this a few times. We want to make sure we give our, our boy Roach some love, but he's saying, can we skip January 2022? Dude, I'm so down. I don't know what, what the hell's going to happen then, and I'm not ready. Got a, lot, got a lot of bad Januaries in a row. I'm not I'm not down with the next one. <laughs> uh, Daniel over on uh, of our Periscope saying, Mexico loves Tommy because of Fernando Mania. For, uh, hey, hey, Tommy, Tommy endeared a lot of people, a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of Mexico, a lot of L.A. Chicanos to to the Dodgers because of that. I mean, Tommy, nobody would have known at that time. Tommy knew Spanish, man. Like he, he, right. he and that's where, uh, you know, he was able to to get so much out. I mean, obviously, Fernando's a, an incredible talent. He was able to do it on his own, but that wouldn't have been the same. Fernando Mania would not have been the same if it was not for uh, for Tom Lasorda. Absolutely. Tommy, Tommy did a lot, man. Tommy did a lot for the Dodgers as a whole, and he's going to he's going to be missed. Uh, we talked about it earlier today. There's just never been an ambassador for the game of baseball like Tommy Lasorda. I don't even think it really comes close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, of, of the many stories, we're getting a lot of stories. This is going to be a, a longer chunk. Again, it's a good conversation, uh, a really good conversation we had with Mark today. Uh, this this one it's definitely more for the Dodger nerds. Like I said, if you guys are really into it, we are going to get to uh, some off season talk, some hot stove talk, what's going on. There's LeMayhew rumors going on, all that kind of stuff. But um wanted to mix in another part that just kind of, there was no exact narrative to the story that Mark was going on here, but all of it this just came together into a, a nice, perfect package of who Tommy was. And, and I, I really wanted to share this. So we'll be back. <laughs> I think we lose Tommy the person, but we're never going to lose Tommy the memory, and we're never going to lose Tommy the lessons. And I think this year, the important thing is to analyze why we love Tommy so much, because mm. you can look at it from a business standpoint. How did he make the ball club? Well, but just imagine if it had just been about the Dodgers, and mm. if it had just been about baseball, and he spent the rest of his life, the Dodgers this, the Dodgers that. What did Tommy do? Tommy took lessons from a baseball field, but they could apply it to everyday life. So he could go into a classroom and give some sort of analogy why you need to try your best, you know, why to listen to your parents, loyalty and everything like that. So it wasn't, he took lessons from the baseball field, um, but it was about life in terms of accepting challenges. And you could just infer, here's a guy, the number three staff, uh, number three pitcher on a Norristown high school team that only had two pitchers and he winds up in Cooperstown and he would fit whatever message he had to whatever group he was with. And, and that was the key because he wanted to uh, not only uplift, but inspire people. He didn't have to, his record spoke for itself. He didn't have to mm -hmm. say, I did this, I did that. He would get a big kick if some kid didn't have confidence and uncle Tommy suddenly said, you could do this. And maybe he heard two or three years later uh, that he had listened to Uncle Tommy and, and was a success. And he could do that with the military. He could do that with any group. And one of my favorite moments was the facts of life speech that Tommy gave to my nephew when he was seven years old. And this is about 2006. And uh, my nephew walks into Tommy's office. And I had no idea that he was going to give him the facts of life speech. 
And he did. And do you want to know what the facts of life speech was? Oh, I want to know it so bad. <laughs> he looked at my nephew and he said, Michael, you look like a fine young man. I want you to always remember one thing. Dramatic pause. Always stand in the middle of the photo so they can't crop you out. <laughs> my, I, nephew, my nephew gives me this blank look. And I said, I'll tell you later. Yeah. <laughs> now, now think about this. That story was the lead to the obit that I wrote on the, on the uh, uh, Dodger Insider yeah. blog. Mm. And it had nothing to do with my nephew. It had everything to do with the message because think about Tommy his whole life. He wanted to be in the picture. He's the youngest of five brothers. Mm. His high school coach doesn't believe in him. Everybody else, he's got to fight for everything. In the minor leagues, you had mentioned Andre Ethier. When he comes to that Brooklyn Dodger organization, 1948, that's the height of the minor league organization with over 600 prospects. Wow. He said that he would sit in that very same dining room with guys like Ralph Branca and Clem Labine, mm -hmm. and not because they invited him, but because there was no caste system in terms of pecking order where you sit. You could have a Hall of Famer sitting next to somebody in Class D Bowl. So Tommy would say he'd ask, you know, a player for a shirt or a glove or something because, you know, who know, knows what he had. And then he'd write home and say that, you know, he had dinner with Ralph Branca. He had dinner with Clem Labine. <laughs> And of course, the rest of the story was they didn't know they were having dinner yeah. with him. Yeah. But, you know, but but he Tommy never forgot. Uh, Tommy never forgot where he came from. And, and I got to tell you, doing that behind the scenes stuff as his assistant mm -hmm. uh, for the 28 days, so much stuff I saw behind the scenes as far as, well, let's give him a call. He would just randomly go through mail. It didn't matter if he didn't know the person. So and so sick. Hi, this is Tommy. Hope mm -hmm. you're, you know he he truly enjoyed making other people happy any and and those people that wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't have anything to do with anything to do with Tommy as far as him getting something out of it or relating to his job just doing something nice for somebody else he genuinely liked doing that and now we have clap In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Thank you again to Mark Langell for the time. We will have that full interview available on uh, DodgersNation.com and also on YouTube.com slash DodgersNationTV. Uh, Tommy, we love you. We'll see you uh, in, in another life. But uh, we know we're going to see him everywhere we go because his if he's ever yelled at you, it, it, it's still going to be burned into your brain. <laughs> that sort of thing stays with you forever. So, Tommy, we love you. We appreciate you. Mark, if you guys have some time, check out that interview. I could, uh, we've talked about this. I can sit and talk to Mark for hours and hours on end, and I forget sometimes that I'm working or doing something for <laughs> Dodgers Nation. But uh, Mark is just full of stories, full of things that you've never heard before. And man, what a dude, what a dude to just sit and talk to. I think some of our, we, we've had this oftentimes with, uh, with a lot of our guests, you know, usually you get the best stuff, honestly, out of them after the camera where you just kind of, you know, shooting the S with them. And, uh, Mark is no exception. That guy, you could literally give him a number and he will bring up something, uh, something related to the Dodgers. You could show him an image of a st strand of grass at Dodger Stadium and be like, "Oh yeah, that was from uh 1983. <laughs> that grass that was put in by Eric Hansen. I guess Eric Hansen would have been probably like late 90s, 2000s. But anyways, Mark, great dude, Dodgers team historian, and again, hear more of that on all the other spots. But breaking news! Thank you, everybody uh, here in the stream, letting us know. Uh, one time Dodgers top relief free agent prospect Liam Hendricks goes to the White Sox on a deal that gives him a lot of money. 54 million. Is it the four year deal? I think it's, it's gotta four. Be, it's gotta be, gotta be four with 54. So the Aussie goes uh, to Chicago. Lot, that is a lot. That is some bucks dude for somebody. That's... Oh my gosh. It, it's a three year club option. The deal's worth 54 guaranteed. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cha-ching! That is some that is some ball right there. That's some bank. Does that now? 
is is this going to be the thing? Does this open up like the hot stove? Is this open the free agent floodgate? Because I'm, I, this is boring. This offseason sucks. I think that Rob Manfred's uh, leaked 162 game plan today probably likely opened it up a little bit more. Uh, obviously, call. there's still a lot pending on that. The rumors on that are still pending, but I don't know. This might be the start of things. I think we see the ball. Get, we get to see the ball rolling this week. You had a couple predictions for this week as well. I don't want. I don't want to jump ahead and spoil them for you, but you had a couple free agency predictions. Well, my my biggest one. I, I I've just felt it in my bones. I've said it mm. a few times internally. I think JT happens this week, or or we get somewhere. One of JT or or DJ LeMay who signed this week. Not necessarily saying with the Dodgers. I think JT does come back to the Dodgers, and I think I mean a lot of people get back into Tommy here. You probably saw Turner's interview with Sports LA and our, and our friend uh, Nomar Garcia Para and uh, the other guy whose name escapes me right now, and I feel bad. What's the guy's name? You know the guy. Yeah, John Hartung. You know the guy. John Hartung. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had him on the show. Anyway, uh, <laughs> JT, just you, you can see him. Like, he was kind of trying to hold it back. But even if, like, even, uh, you know, Kershaw said, we hear the same stories from Tommy, and, and you don't, you always want to keep hearing him. Uh, you, you, you wonder and you feel, especially somebody like JT, who grew up in LA, he knows. Uh, he grew up on on Tom Lasorda. That's got to mean a lot to him. You know, that's got to tug on the heartstrings a little bit more to want to come back to the club that, I mean, honestly, he doesn't want to leave. A lot of the fan base doesn't want him to leave. So I was saying that last week, even before uh, the the unfortunate Lasorda news, um, things were just uh, uh, meshing that way. They were pointing in that direction. Justin Turner resigning with the Dodgers made a lot of sense. Him and Courtney were about to finally finish up their like month long off season RV road trip, which I don't, I don't, I could not be in an RV for a month, but maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. So um, that's my prediction. You're going to see Justin Turner this week. I, I was hoping it would happen before this show, but a really, yeah. really, really good prediction. I, I, I stand behind you with it. I still think JT comes back to the Dodgers, but uh, you know, I've been known to be wrong about things. But in other news, the I, I guess the biggest report. I mean, the biggest Dodger-related report. There's not much this week. There's not a lot going on. There's not mm-hmm. movement. You guys know this. This is not news to you guys. But the fact that DJ LeMahieu is unhappy with the way the Yankees are treating contract negotiations, it kind of does open the door for the Dodgers in a yeah. signing. But with that in mind, he did tell his agent, like, hey, circle back to the Dodgers, among other teams. There's a couple different teams involved in the process, but he wants to circle back and talk to all the teams that, I guess, checked in on him in the first place, which tells me that he was probably leaning towards the Yankees and giving them the first chance to give him a good contract. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they haven't been able to do that. But, I mean, you look at what the Yankees are offering. They're going four years. They're in the $80 million range. Do the Dodgers have a fifth year? Do the Dodgers have no. the $110 million J.D. Martinez range that he's looking for? Do no. they have that? No. I, Absolutely I don't think not. So. I, I, I can see them oh, spending ahead. money, but yeah. not that kind of money for that long of a term. It, it, you want to say it looks good. It does look good to add somebody like DJ LeMayhew for just about any other team. Not, not the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have... Cody Hosey, not too far away from seeing what we could get out of him at third base. You have other guys that can play some hopefully quality third base, uh, given time to prepare and maybe, you know, Max Muncy and, and Eddie Rios, you have some options there and being a club that, that wants so much to not to build from within and being a club that has to give money to, uh, you know, Corey Seager and to Cody Bellinger and to Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw's coming up on being a free agent again. They, they're going to want to keep these guys around. And if you go and get somebody like LeMahieu, where our, our boy uh, Brian Robitaille on, on Twitter had had put together the numbers and you know, by weighted runs graded plus, and we're looking at the numbers. And I'm sorry, Eric, we're getting into a- analytics a little bit here for you, but but um, <laughs> if you look at, at the numbers, Justin Turner has been just a far more elite bat, an elite batter over DJ LeMahieu um, over the last three years, four years, five years. It stretches, and he wants to be here. Dodgers fans want him to be here. Want him to be here. He he fills that maybe two year need at third base 
and he could kind of move around like we've we've talked about before getting him some time at at you know first base by then uh, the dh should definitely be in play so i don't i don't know how much i'm uh i'm buying the lemayhu rumors this week i i'm at a place where if jt does move on then sure i'm okay with it but also at a place where if JT moves on and they don't sign LeMahieu either, I'm also like, that's also good. I'm okay with that also. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of different moving parts around the Dodgers infield. There's a lot of potential coming up through the farm system that either you need to make room for or get rid of or trade away at their mm. while their value is still high. Still a lot of decisions to be made on that, obviously. You know, you just know Andrew Friedman's cooking something up behind the scenes because he's always cooking up something wild and crazy that you're never going to think about. He's always out of the box. He, I can never predict what the hell that guy's going to do at any point. And that's why I kind of like him as a GM because if any, if any GM thinks like me, there's no reason they should have a job because obviously I don't have that job and I'm not good at that. So that's yeah. my logic behind that. But he could. He very well could swoop in at the last minute, swoop them up from the Yankees. I don't think that the Dodgers are in a place where they feel like they need to overpay for anybody. And honestly, that's an advantage. You can let other teams overpay. You can let other teams work harder, not smarter. You can let other teams uh, put themselves in a place where they're going to pay way too much for somebody who's not going to do that well for you for very long. For me, (laughs) if you told me that the Dodgers signed Hendricks to a $54 million deal worth for just three years guaranteed, I would have a very hard time swallowing that. That would be very upset about that. So obviously work smarter, not harder. Yeah, it's going to happen. JT is going to happen. But in the event that it doesn't, I I can see that that line of thinking. I don't think I don't think the Dodgers are, are well built enough to go into the season making no more position player moves and win another World Series. They're not quite there. Um the bullpen, we've seen a lot more of the bullpen get better. Obviously, they're, they're throwing a lot of money in the bullpen with some some uh, some different names. Um, before we get into bullpen, I'm seeing a few people bring it up, the, the Chris Bryant idea. And I don't think we've got too much. We've always kind of passed over Bryant while doing these things this offseason. Uh, does, does Chris Bryant make enough sense for this team? Um, I mean, even if we have talked about it, whatever people, people don't remember, we don't remember things, but, um, does Chris Bryant make like the right sense? Does it seem like the right move, uh, to, to get him for one year? Cause you're not going to extend him and he's right. going to be a free agent. You make that move for, for Bryant, you do it early enough so you can still get a draft pick out of him. If that's still going to be a thing, cause we don't know what the CBA is going to look like. Uh, right. Do you do something like that? Or do you, like you were saying, do you think maybe Friedman would have something different up his sleeve? He, I mean, he very well could be a filler piece. You know, he could be an option where they look at it and they say, hey, we're not getting JT back because he wants four years and he's going to go on to a team that's going to give him those four years. And great for JT if that's the case. I, I, I honestly hope something like that for him because I want him to get a long term contract to to send him off in his career because I like JT and I want him to get the best that he can for himself. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, if that's the case, um, it, Bryant makes sense as a one-year filler, as a guy who you're going to use for just just the 2021 season, probably not going to re-sign to a contract. I, I could not see a situation where the Dodgers offer Chris Bryant a long-term contract, no matter how good his 2021 season would be if he was with him, regardless. Um, but it, th- again, it all comes down to what the Cubs are asking for him. If the return's relatively low, I would say, why not? Go for him. Take a, take a roll of the dice on it. At least you get a little bit of a defensive upgrade. It's not much. It's a yeah. very, very, very close. It's not much of a defensive upgrade, but yeah. JT's been in decline at defense for a while now. Um, if you can fill in that gap, you know, just wait another year until you get somebody to take over third base long-term. Why not? And it doesn't hurt his bat. His bat has shown in the past that he can be a very, very good hitter. He had a bad, bad 2020 season, but that does not just that does not define his entire career. Um, And I don't think it will define his entire career. But if you can get him on the low, man, I I, I don't see why you wouldn't go for him. Well, what is a deal before we get into maybe what you think could be the other, you know, Friedman back burner ideas? Um, What is a a package what is a, a palatable what is a tolerable package that you would send to chicago to bring back somebody like a, a former mvp yeah and that's the thing that you really have to gauge with the cubs right now because they just got off of a trade with you darvish where they arguably got fleeced arguably 
Depends on how you look at it. I mean, obviously, Darvish is aging a little bit. Uh, 2020 might have been a kind of an outlier season for him. He might have obviously benefited from the fact that he, well, didn't throw in that many games. Um, but if you're looking at it and you're saying, if you're the Cubs that are just trying to get some value out of something, they've obviously soured that relationship. I yeah. don't think that's ever going to be an extension option for them in the first place, even if they were in a position to be spending money. Um, I think they definitely screwed themselves with Chris Bryant. But if you're packaging together a couple top 30 prospects, you know, I, I, I notorious prospect hugger. It's hard for me to let go of people, but there's yeah. a couple arms that you can let go in the farm system to just justify it. I think the Cubs would be more than happy to receive some good arms. They need some arms for their farm system. Mm -hmm. And why not? It's a good time to do it for them. I think that they have to trade Chris Bryant personally, but uh Again, it's going to go to the highest bidder, and there might be somebody out there, another team desperate for Chris Bryant's services that thinks that they can extend him, and I think that's going to be a key part of it. If there is a team that thinks they can extend Chris Bryant, they will pay for him. What's, what's the percentage that Chris Bryant remains a Cub, at least through opening day? Through opening day is pretty high. I think the, the, that percentage stays pretty high. I, do, I, I would put it damn near zero that he stays a Cub <laughs> through through. Uh, through the trade deadline. Uh, Roach, Roach is saying we could give up Kiebert Ruiz, Kbert, however you want to say it, whichever uh, tickles your boat. Would you give up, uh, give up some of that, that catching depth for one season where you, you know, JT's not going to come back. You go get that guy. You give up one guy. Would, would, uh, would you consider something like that? Or is that just way too much? I mean, uh, obviously, I'm very high on catching prospects. I think that's really important for me. Uh, yeah, I will say that the Dodgers are extremely deep at the position and they do need to make a decision on a few guys here pretty soon. Um, if it is Kiebert, then it is Kiebert. Uh, it is what it is. I'm still high on them despite uh, all the things working against them. But if that's what it takes, it doesn't hurt <clears throat> me too much as long as we keep those other prospects and Will Smith. Um, the keep in mind though, the Cubs do have pretty good depth at the catching position within their farm system. So I don't think that's a guy that they're going to be in love with or after. Um, I, I do much more think that they're going to be after arms or even middle infielders. So my out of the box, I, I don't know if we've talked much about it on here. I know our boy, Doug, if you guys haven't seen, uh, Doug on, on this, on YouTube, most of you guys are on YouTube right now because, uh, Facebook is broken. Um, uh, Doug comes out with videos. Our boy Doug McCain doing Dodgers dugout. That is D O D O U G O U T because you know we're weird like that. But uh, one of the things Doug had kind of proposed the idea. If this is thinking very much outside the box, and I don't want to dig too much into this right now. Just want to throw it back into the ethos again. But Will Smith moved from catch to third. Give Kbert Kbert that that not starting job at at, at catch, but see what he can do. Um, I think it, it, it gives the Dodgers a very different look. I think we've seen that the the pitching staff doesn't overly love throwing to Will Smith all the time, even though they'll say differently. It, that comes with time. It comes with age. It comes with, with um, you know more reps in the league that he'll get that rapport. He'll learn the league. He'll get better. But if you have all this depth at catcher and, 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 and Will Smith has played a decent amount of third in the minors – I don't know. It could be something to, to kind of just spitball with. And now uh, you have his bat in there more and you're not breaking right. his knees as catcher. And you have a top right. prospect uh, called up. It's even cheaper. Yeah, I think in my mind that makes it a worse team than it was last year. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I would rather move Austin Barnes to second and move somebody else over to third and put Will Smith catching every single day. Like I would prefer even that to 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 uh, moving Smith over to third. But uh, third base is a hard position, man. It is not easy over there at the hot corner. Yeah. There's a reason why it's called the hot corner. Yeah, I know my shin uh, still hurts from a couple of years ago. So fair. Yep. Fair. But, you know, these are professionals, man. It's just that easy to throw them anywhere. This is this has been uh, uh, FRG plays a normal fan. But why don't they like I'm like I'm seeing Roach say put Jock behind the plate. Jock isn't a Dodger right now, bro. I know he's playing around, but still, it's kind of funny. Uh, getting back into the the Hendrix news, which I'm, I'm pretty sure we left a few things unpinned in that section. But whatever. We talked about a, a number of things that that are ready. They're words. They're out there. We're done. Hendrix. Mm. To the Sox, he was a top guy, but of course, one of the things that we miss because it always happens right after our show. Dodgers re-signed Blake Trinan. Uh, at that point, I felt like the bullpen was done. Where, uh, where's your stance? What's your stance on it? Uh, you know, you look at 
it's really odd to look at the spending for the bullpen this year. That's something that I wrote about over on Dodger Nation a couple days ago. But that's right. You don't you look at it and you're like, oh, there's not really any major pieces in it. But you start piecing together some of the salaries and you're like, whoa, they were up over forty five million dollars in payroll just for their bullpen right now. I I didn't see that coming. And honestly, the big part of that is obviously Kenley Jansen's ridiculous contract, which is always killing us. But that's okay. It is what it is. I'm not going to complain out loud. Um I don't know that they're done. And I think that there are a couple, probably a couple more reclamation projects that are out there that have the eye of Andrew Friedman and then will always have the eye of Andrew Friedman because that's what he does best. He wheels and he deals. He goes after the injured dudes, pays them not very much money and takes a gamble on them. And that's just what he does. And one of those guys is Kirby Yates. And anybody who knows, anybody who watches Dodger games knows that Kirby Yates is a really good pitcher. Obviously missed pretty much all of last year. He had to have surgery. Uh, is a free agent now. Mm-hmm. He just profiles as a guy that is like Andrew Friedman's prototype. Yeah. He's a former closer, number one, which we all know Andrew Friedman loves former closers. That's his thing. Um, also coming, it, it, it's really up in the air how much he's going to cost because no one really understands the severity of his injury right now, but he kind of fits that profile of a guy that you pay a little bit lower on mm-hmm. because he is coming off an injured year where he didn't really play and then has that really high potential. So, I think that could be a guy that they go after. If not him, somebody probably like that. I just, I don't see them. I don't see them going after another big name after the Trinan signing. I think that was pretty much it in terms of big dollars they're spending on the bullpen. I wonder if Hendricks was waiting them out, and now that he knew, that's where he actually went and engaged with other teams. But um, right, yeah. Uh, when you got people like like Brandon Morrow, you're going to see what you can get out of. You you really feel good. They really feel good about Corey Knable. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of the um, the analytics kids online want to be high on this Clevenger guy they got because he's a lefty. He's got you know good spin rate and all that. Yeah, I I, I feel pretty decent about the bullpen, and you know you're probably going to get a, a mix of Dustin May and or Gonsolin in and out of the bullpen here and there. It makes a lot of sense, and there's no reason to throw more money at the bullpen when you're already at you know 45 mil, which a good chunk of that is going to come off uh, the books after next season. But Kenley gone, Joe Kelly gone, uh, Sayonara, Vaya con Dios, all that good stuff. Um, enough Dodger talk. Let's talk fun. This has been uh, an interesting show, sometimes heavy, sometimes uh, real Dodger talk for the future here. Um, or did you want to do that first? I, 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 the, no, no. Okay, okay, that's what you're doing. Um Last week, I, I loved this question, and I wanted to make sure we got it in the show. But last week, the MLB uh, was cut for their 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 social media channel. They posted this uh, this great idea, this great question. Reply to the tweet with your walk up song uh, that you're going to use in 2021. I'm adding some words to it, but there's one catch. It has to be from the year you were born. Um, thoughts on that? I want to get people's uh, uh, what what's your walk up song, but it has to be from the year you were born. Uh, we don't know when you're born, so I guess you can cheat. Whatever. Uh, me or you? Who's going first? Uh, age before beauty. <laughs> okay, fine. I think that means you go first. Yeah, I am terrible lead off hitter. You know this. I don't get on base and I'm slow. But no, no. Um, I have a lot of good options. 1985 has a lot of good options. Let me tell you. But there's just something about the pop of the baseline as I'm walking up there. Everybody's getting hyped to Part Time Lover by Stevie Wonder. That's just oh, Stevie. That's as that's as good. And then you know I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the the pitcher the love me eyes. You know I'm gonna say hey you're gonna be my part time lover tonight. And then boom dinger, dingers all day. <laughs> Automatic, Automatic every dinger. single time. It's not a bad pick. It's really not a bad pick. I respect it. I, I'm always a fan of Stevie, no matter what the song is. You can't go wrong with a Stevie Wonder walk-up song. Somebody's probably going to quote me now and be like, this is a terrible walk-up song for Stevie Wonder. That's okay. I get it. It happens. I mean, I have a few more good options as well. Uh, I'm going to throw those in here. Money for Nothing is quality. Dire Straits, that's a good one. Um, I think there's just not enough. There's not enough hype. You know, you need to have that hype. You need to be excited right. when, when I'm coming up to bat. So also Whitney Houston, saving all my love for you. That's a killer. That's a killer song <laughs> right there. 1985. Let's go Whitney Houston. I'll just get all coked out and, you know, hit some dingers also. Beautiful. And then, then you got your leadoff speed. There's a, I think a, uh, <laughs> 
I think one of the best parts about this and the fan uh, audience interaction is that we get to learn how old everybody is based on the songs that they provided. So we trapped you into it. Now we know how old you are. Uh, Give us your mother's maiden name so we can steal your information as well. Perfect. Uh, What do you got? What's beautiful? Uh, Katie says, Oh, I'm uh, I'm gonna jump in the comments real quick because people have better choices than I do because 1993 1993 was actually a good year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it. Katie says Basket Case by Ooh. Green Day. That makes sense. That adds up. Yeah. Uh, S Don. I I don't know what the name is on YouTube. Says Holy Diver by Dio. Ah, coming in strong. Move this move this thing out of the way. Come on. Oh, that's why it's locked. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm making it look better. I'm not blocking the comments. I'm blocking us more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eric, Eric says, love Whitney. Yes, I'm old. So there you go. Now you know how old Eric is. He is old. <laughs> uh, we got, uh, we got Daniel, Daniel uh, Muller saying, staying alive. Yeah. Ah, ah. Now that, that is a bop to walk up to. Cause you're just, you're immediately, you're in the pocket right there, man. You're able to hit anything just staying alive. Strutting up to the plate. Heck yeah. Like you can't, that's, there are two songs you could walk to. Uh, you need to hear in your head to walk to, and you walk faster than any other time in your life. And that's staying alive or Billie Jean. That that's these are my, these are my uh, secrets Jean. to walking oh. fast. I think Billie Jean actually slows down my walk because I feel like I gotta walk backwards at times. Yeah, you if know? you start dancing it, then it, yeah, then you just it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, got to be here for the whole show, guys. <laughs> um, I I went. <laughs> I went with, uh, look, 93 was a good year. Ice Cube was at his peak. Uh, there was a lot of good things going on for the world, probably in 93. I think the Blue Jays were winning the World Series or whatever was happening. Not really sure. Uh, I went What a Man by Salt and Pepper, and I think that's just one of the best choices in the entire world. Um, it, to the guy it, with the girl name? Does sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is oddly sexual walking up to the plate to that song, but, you know. Just like you. I just want to make eye contact yeah. with a pitcher and let them know yeah. what's happening. The yeah. things are about to happen right yeah. here, and I need your consent, pitcher. <laughs> uh, Eric brings up a classic. He says, I always love when Matt Kemp used All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Solid, wow. solid pick. <laughs> Katie has another one, too, because you got to have your second pick as well. And she says, I'll make love to you like you want me to. <laughs> Y'all are young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, peanut There's gallery. There's a lot of children here. <laughs> Uh, like myself. What's that? I said there's a lot of children here, like yeah, myself. Yeah, for sure. We got Eye of the Tiger yeah. by Jose. That's also another bop right there. Uh, Won't Get Fooled Again by Gail. Hey, hey, that is a damn good song to walk up to, but I don't think Solid. you can make it on any 40-man roster right now, Gail. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> you might get there. Uh, maybe. Uh, the Angels need help. <laughs> Katie says 1993 and you didn't choose Creep by Radiohead. Uh Creep was <laughs> Creep was up there, sure. Why not? Attack your planet, Fleetwood Mac, go your own way. Uh that's a good song. I don't know how I feel about walking up to it, but it's a damn good song. That's one of my definitely one of my favorite songs, but you know, it's kind of Now we're just getting Now we're just getting into good music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is music talk with uh Clint and the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's I guess that's all we got. There's a few. I mean, a few people are are doubling up, which is fun because you know you gotta have you gotta have a couple of bots. So we're gonna have to get DJ Severe back on. It's been a while. Get him on and um and have him prep our set list because you also gotta pick the part, the section of the song. I usually think of the intro, like the, that's that true. First you can't hit. play the whole song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. It's just time out. Hold on. <laughs> hold. The good part's coming. The good part. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute, Blue. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, we got Black Betty. I saw that also by Attack the Planet. Oh, Black Betty, bam, bam. That's it. That's that's my this is my karaoke audition. Thank you. It was really good. Yeah, um, yeah you're gonna make it in this. Oh, Jose Rod, bring it up. One of my all time favorites, Andre Ethier. Uh, uh, what's my name? Got some Snoop on there. Um, there was a uh, was a Touch the Sky. Russell Martin. He had that back in the day. That was always fun. Some some Kanye before he completely lost his mind. Uh, I don't know Hendrix of the White Sox. I don't know that song. That's my favorite band. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. <laughs> uh, Eric giving us a story. We'll wrap we'll wrap up on the story here when the team pranked uh, Zach Granke with Careless Whisper. That's probably why he left. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, hey. Yeah, Carlos, that's not that's not a that's not Zach's uh that's not his jam. I'm, I can see why he'd be upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, that's good enough. That was fun, guys. We appreciate y'all having you know changing up the narrative of the show a little bit, making it a little bit more uh, uh, less sad and less uh, baseball-y. Even though it is baseball, hey, like uh, I think you had tweeted over the weekend, NFL playoffs means we're that much closer to Dodger baseball. And that's something we should all be very, very excited about in just over a month. Pitchers and catchers are set to report uh, on paper. We hope nothing changes. Things are going to be weird. Things are going to be different. We're not going to be at spring training, and that's going to suck. But um, you know what? In spirit. We'll be there in spirit. spirit. And we'll also be on the internet find us dodgersnation.com that is a place on the internet where we do dodger stuff for the entire nation subscribe to blue heaven we are on itunes spotify our heart radio all the all the spots you can get your your podcast that is where we live also please do subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv you will be glad you did allegedly eric also says i don't know what this game was but it's the best segment you guys ever did more of this please eric we'll keep that in mind Throw some segment ideas at us because we like trying out new things, new segments, new shows. We want to be famous. Thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk. Guys, I am at Brookme3. The other guy in the other screen on the other internet in the other house is at RealFRG. We're on Twitter and Instagram, both because we're modern men. We are at Dodgers Nation on Twitter, at official Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your uh, walk-up song suggestions because now I have a playlist for the drive home. Thank you for everything. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.